What's good, everybody? I'm John Zestremski, host of New York, New York with JJ, the first podcast on The Ringer and Spotify dedicated to you, the New York sports fan. We've got episode three nights a week, plus bonus episodes whenever news breaks. So make sure you follow the show on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. You know it sounds good after a long day? Ice cream. I love ice cream. Right now is the perfect time to get some. Sonic has half-price shakes every night after 7 p.m. when you order online or in the app. Just think of it, all that creamy, soft serve, hand-mixed with your favorite flavors for half the price in any size. Listen, a lot of people like goofy shakes. I like vanilla shakes. You can throw 40 flavors at me. You know what I'm going to order? You know what I love the most? Vanilla shakes. It's perfect because me and my family, at least once a week, we still all get ice cream together when we're together. Grab Sonic Half Price Shakes after 7 p.m. now. Exclusions apply. Available for a limited time only at participating Sonic drive-ins. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com as well as the Ringer Podcast Network. We are heading toward 200 movies. I think this is number 192 or 193. We're getting close. The 200th movie will happen before the end of the summer, which raises the question, are we going to do the re-reheat, me and Chris Ryan? Heat, the movie that started this podcast, we redid it. After we did 100 movies, are we going to redo it again? After we do 200, should we do another gimmick? We might actually open this up to the audience. Do you want us to hear Heat for a third time? Should we bring in a third person? Should we bring in a third and a fourth person? Should we try to get Michael Mann to join us for the pod? I don't know, but, but it's it's suddenly lingering. It's getting close, the 203 Watchables episode. As always, if you want to hear all the ones we've done, just go to the Spotify archives. They're all on there. We even have an action movie playlist where you can find all the action movies we've done and we're going to have more playlists coming out. But all of the movies that we've done are on the Spotify archives. And we've done over four years worth at this point. I think this podcast started in the summer of 2017. So there you go. At least a four-year anniversary of the rewatchables. I don't know when it was, but we've, we're have we getting close. 200 movies coming up. I'm taking the dog. Legally Blonde is next. I'm going to make an amazing lawyer. Welcome to Harvard. Beauty and brains. I have a 4.0. Why? There ought to be a law. You got into Harvard Law? What, like it's hard? This Friday. I object. Nice try. America goes blonde. Habeas corpus. Want Evidentiary support. Come again. Don't ask. Now you're thinking like a lawyer. No biggie. <laughs> Legally Blonde, rated PG-13. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. All right, 20th anniversary of Legally Blonde. Juliet Lipman is here. Amanda Dobbins is here. Um, Amanda, this is your wheelhouse. Reese Witherspoon, your icon, your hero, your life career princess. Uh, this is where <laughs> she moved into movie stardom adulthood. 
There was yes. young Reese for years and years and years. And the question was like, all right, where does this go? And then we know where it goes from here. It goes into A plus listum. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of Legally Blonde? What, what's the first thing that pops to mind? I remember seeing it and I believe I was 17 years old and I saw it with two blonde friends in high school. And since this is a not a visual medium, should let everybody know I'm I'm not a blonde, have never been a blonde. And so this was really opening up that experience to me. And I think it was also probably when I first felt my connection to the princess of my life, as you said, Reese Witherspoon, <laughs> which is 100% true. That's accurate. Bill Simmons understands me and understands Reese Witherspoon. Um, but, you know, I think, I don't know if I had seen Election, which would be kind of her most, like, known or respected performance up until now, but, you know, obviously like an indie movie. And so... This is both both when Reese Witherspoon goes mainstream to the world and also mainstream to me. And it's been a beautiful relationship ever since. Is it wrong to say I watched this and was nostalgic for just how freaking adorable and unique Reese was way back when? I mean, now she's she's almost my age now, but like there's this whole there's this whole like uh I don't know position she holds that I think a lot of other people have tried to claim young Reese I'm talking about sure that I think she did the best Juliet I think she is the best version of whatever this is the young adult uh being able to manipulate surroundings being able to and to basically get guys to do what she wants whatever it is like she was the best at this yeah and I think that also first of all this is an amazing role I mean it's just yeah. a, a, a great movie. She's given a lot to work with. But I also think that the way that she's positioned in this movie, like physically and also like intellectually, makes her incredibly relatable. And it's sort of a miracle how relatable she is as this like privileged, initially ditzy blonde from Southern California who like decides on a whim to go to law school or not on a whim, but you know, we all know the plot. And I think it's that, like, it's sort of like, it's just shocking how you're like, oh yeah, she seems like she could be your friend and she's really pretty, but like you also feel like you could look like her. I don't know. It just really worked. Who else is in this? Who else is in this conversation? Like who else could have been Elle Woods ultimately? Well, this is the thing, not to step on recasting couch, but it's really hard. It's a pretty singular performance to to balance, as Juliet said, that kind of she's obviously like very beautiful and bubbly and funny, but and but also needs to be relatable and you need to be believe that she can kind of like pull off these ridiculous, totally unbelievable, like legal flourishes or whatever. But balancing between bubbly and silly and poking a little bit of fun at the character, just a little yeah. bit, right? But like everyone's in on the joke and you feel okay. The The closest that I got, which doesn't match generationally anymore or hair color wise is Emma Stone. Mm. That's mm. fair. I Yeah. Reese just feels overqualified to be in this movie. Right. And I think that's why it's so good because it's a part that goes wrong in the wrong hands. And there was, when it came out, there was a little bit of a clueless umbilical cord that you yeah. could feel. That, that first scene with, the, with yeah. the song playing really felt very, uh, what is this, like a Noxima commercial or something? But yeah, it felt like that. And then her house when we're with her parents and it's like, oh, they're kind of not ripping it off, but they're basically, they're, they're swimming in the same pool, but then mm -hmm. it doesn't really feel like clueless at all. And I, I think, so I went through Reese's IMDb Cause I would, what was that movie? Man in the moon. When she was like, what was yes. she like 12, 13? And she's great yeah, in that movie. Right. And that was one of those, wow, who's this? She might be something. 
And then what's the roller coaster one? Fear. Fear? Yeah. Fear. Thank you. Amanda. <laughs> sorry. Come on, Amanda. Guys, I remembered the important part. Sorry. <laughs> the Mark Wahlberg parts. <laughs> well, she in 96, she makes Freeway and Fear. There we go. And Freeway is this really crazy movie that is kind of like weirdly ahead of its time. It's kind of, the, it's a movie that is more likely to be made now, but Kiefer Sutherland is basically a homicidal maniac. I forget the plot. She's like a street, some sort of street person. She might be a young prostitute or a budding prostitute. I forget what it was, but they end up in this face-off and she's just really good in it. And then Fear was her first mainstream one. She was in Twilight. Uh, she was in Overnight Delivery, which has aged kind of nicely. It's got Paul Rudd and uh, a very strange plot. Then Pleasantville was supposed to be her big break. Oh, right. That was her and Tobey Maguire. And it's like, these are big stars. And it was a year after Titanic. Um, but it wasn't until the cruel election, cruel intentions election combo in '99 that it's like, oh, this is this is a real career now. These are two really different parts. Cruel Intention is a borderline iconic late '90s pop culture movie. We did it on the Rewatchables '99 feed, but then it kind of dies after that a little bit. She ended up she was she was uh, Rachel's friend uh, sister on Friends, very and, good, and she was in Little Nicky. She had a cameo and there's just like a two year where it kind of cools off, which happens sometimes when somebody's making that transition to now we have to consider them as like, you know, somebody in their mid twenties playing adult parts. And then this sets it off. And after this, we're off and four years later, she wins the Oscar. But this also in the right, we've seen this go in the wrong way too, with some of this stuff. When somebody kind of graduates out of the younger roles and they got nowhere to go. I think Emma Stone is navigating that really well. I think that's another good example. But yeah. I can't think of a lot of examples. Like you, for every one of those two, you have like 10 Jennifer Love Hewitts, right? Yeah. I, I assume we'll talk about this a little bit later. The Times had a big piece on Legally Blonde and mentioned that Christina Applegate said that she turned down the role of Elle. And I feel like I, she was someone who it's I think- another good one. Yeah, she would have been really good. But I, I think that like what really makes Christina Applegate different from- Reese Witherspoon is Christina Applegate just like never got that level of fame and celebrity. Like she's an awesome actress. I love Dead to Me and she's really fun. And I think she would have been good in this role. But what's so impressive about Reese's run and someone like Emma Stone is just how famous they are. Like it's really hard to manage that when you're also like, you know, married to Ryan Phillippe and and like a, a teen star and also like a tabloid star and also an amazing actress. The Christina Applegate's a good what if. I mean, it was going to come up later. We might as well talk it now, but you're right. That was... And then she kind of anchorman gets her going again. And then she has this second career, but it took yeah. what, four years, five years more break. than it should have. And she, she married the guy from that thing you do. Which maybe, you know, maybe, maybe oh, yeah. that was a problem. Who knows? Jonathan Shayek. <laughs> um, this movie, the history of it, it was a 2001 novel written by Amanda Brown, who wrote about her experiences as a blonde attending Stanford law school, being obsessed with fashion and beauty. Um, clashing with their peers and somebody's like, Hey, that's a movie. And this happened fast. Like within a yeah. year Reese mm -hmm. is in it. They have some Australian director who'd never made a real movie <laughs> and they're off. But I think what struck me watching it all these years, I watched it with my daughter on Friday night who loves this movie, who's seen it a million times. It's just really satisfying. It moves fast. There's only like one or two bad scenes. Um, you're kind of sad when it's over. I like spending time with all these people, even the loser boyfriend who's terrible, who we'll get to later. But um, <laughs> it's just a satisfying, what is it, like an hour 40? Flies yeah, yeah. by. Totally moves. Just good. Nothing wasted. And I can see why they made the sequel, which wasn't nearly as good, but they must have thought, wow, this is replicable. We can do this 10 times. 
yeah, you get Regina King in. You're like, sure, we're good to go. Well, who was in Legally? Was was it recent Legally Blonde too? I've only seen that one once. Yeah, she goes to DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she like had there's some political. They got red, Jennifer white, and Coolidge. Blonde. Yeah, yeah. Boy, you guys have really disowned Legally Blonde too. I had no idea. <laughs> I saw it once, but it doesn't have this the same power that the first one does. No, in, in part because it's so zippy. This one, it just yeah. it's pleasant, great one liners, and then you're out. And it's this movie surprising. It catches you off guard with all that mm. it's like able to accomplish. And I, it's just really good. And it's like a great, you know, that it's like been positioned in the 20 years since as like a feminist movie. And it definitely is. But I think it's like one of the most successful things about it is um, it's just really fun. Like you said, like you're sad when it's over and it just, it does a lot. It's very impressive. I was actually like, wow, I didn't appreciate this movie enough when I first saw it 20 years ago. And now I'm like, this is phenomenal. But it's like as good as Clueless, I think. Is this a rom-com? No, no, I don't think it is. No, because ultimately it's about Elle figuring out who she is. And then as a bonus, she gets the guy. And I think in some of the pieces that were done for the 20th anniversary, they talk about how this was not the original ending for that reason. I think the original ending involved her like kissing Luke Wilson on the steps or something. Is that right? Yeah, it's bad. And then, and then they said that audiences were like, no, 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 this is not what the story is about. The story is about her figuring out, you know, how to be the world's greatest lawyer and also be respected or, you know, be a blonde or whatever. So I think by the definition of rom-com, I, Juliet and I are strict rom-coms. It must start with two people who hate each other hmm. at, at the beginning. And then at the end, they're, they're together. And that's what the thing is about. Or somebody who's a complete mess who gets their shit together because they found the person that they didn't realize in the first hour of the movie was the person they should have ended up with. That's the right, other, exactly. That's the other lane for this. Yeah, but it's got to be about the the, the, couple, the couple primarily. Yeah, yeah. This is, a, this is like more a coming of age story than anything else. It's like a co- like a you know early twenties coming of age story, which I think is cool. You don't get a lot of those these days. Yeah, I hadn't seen it in a while, and I was expecting much more rom com stuff. And it's just like Luke Wilson is kind of there. I'm not positive why he's there. It's a typical Luke Wilson performance where it's like, wow, why why was he in this many movies? I can't really identify much here. But um, I would uh, I would take a bullet for Luke Wilson and Owen Wilson, <laughs> but I'm not really sure why. Like I'm I love them, but I again, like I'm just like, why? I don't know. Because you're right. Like Luke Wilson, he's just sort of like there in so many movies. Even like We have no idea why he likes her. There's not one scene no. that explains <laughs> any sort of attraction or like they have no moment, there's no connection, nothing. We have no idea why he's there except for like the two sentence Victor introduction that Victor Garber gives like as he walks into that one room and it's so obviously like exposition dialogue of like he is on campus researching for me that they make a joke about it in the yeah. moment he's like not a character but I kind of like that I really like it when very handsome like pretty famous male movie stars show up in like mostly female films in order to just be the romantic interest and like not do much and they're just kind of like I'm here my job is to look handsome like it's cool I'm I'll I'll do that and then we'll get on with our lives so I respect Luke Wilson's performance in this but there's no be- scene there's no scene where they go to like get ice cream and yeah. he's just like you know when my dad died <laughs> that was when I realized I had to carry his name on and she's like kind of you know, kind of connecting with them. They just, they're no connect at all. I have no idea whether they're together. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there's no, there's no explanation, but Hey, it's great to have them. I feel like in, uh, 
what Amanda just described is now like to me the Chris the Chris Hemsworth that's just like you just show up because you're hot and available. Yeah, like, that'd be great. <laughs> well, one thing there was this this was a weird rom com era which we've discussed in this pod previously of of it's about I don't know twelve to fourteen years of the career professional who's a disaster in their own personal life and they just keep making the same movie over and mm-hmm. over and over again with different gimmicks and. Um, and it kind of starts dying out around the mid two thousands and they're like, we've got to, got to come up with some new wrinkles. And then Amanda's other hero, Nancy Meyer comes in. Right. Um, <laughs> then women may, later in life get to have love and that's then, a whole new yeah, genre then, for us. They start, they start innovating it a little bit more, but there's, yeah. there's just 12 years here of like picture perfect my best friend's wedding. And there's a bunch of those, by the way, two movies weeks notice, we, we like the oh, proposal. Yeah. While you were sleeping, yeah. it's just, it goes hey. on and on. Hey, 27 hey, 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 dresses. Hey. Let's take While You Were Sleeping out of this mix. That's a great movie from the 90s. Sandra Bullock crushes it. I don't want to malign that movie. It's a really good this, one. It's a good movie. It's but so she, strange. It's the strangest it's really great um, rom-com that we've ever had. Yeah, have we done that one on the rewatch? Yes, Juliet and I did. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we did quarantine. that one pretty early, right? Yeah. Oh, quarantine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an early quarantine and it, we had a great time because it's a great movie. So what are what are the OGs that we haven't done? Because I feel like we've hit most of them from that era. Because um, we did My Best Friend's Wedding early. We haven't done Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, we haven't done Sleepless. Did we do You Get Mail yet? We sure did. You I'd mean, love to do it again. Yes. I think it, we're we available anytime. By the way, for people wonder, people listening going, how does Simmons not remember they did this? For A, we've done 200 movies. B, I routinely call my son Ben Zoe and vice versa. Like my brain is going. So don't don't hold any of this against me. You, you weren't on You've Got Mail with us. So if you'd like to redo it, Bill, we're ready to go. I have been looking at the li- the list of the two, of the almost 200 now and thinking like we could redo a yeah. couple of these. I. Van and I have been talking about Titanic, maybe yes, bringing Titanic that one back. Titanic would be really good to redo. I have a lot of thoughts on uh, on Rose, like a lot. I have I have some strong Rose takes. Okay. Really strong. I, right. I I really feel like maybe not the heroine of that movie, but we I, mean, I could cover that. Speaking when, of undeveloped characters, but anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this movie, this movie, Legally Bond, had an eighteen million dollar budget, and made one hundred forty one million dollars, which is a Amazing. lot. Amazing. Amazing stuff. It was a top 20 movie of 2002 or 2001. Um, it was nominated for two Golden Globes. Okay. Deserved it. Great. Should have gotten more. It started the uh, massive career of Robert Lukatech. Are you in the Lukatech hive, Amanda? <laughs> I don't know. Am I? <laughs> I don't know. I forgot to Google this before I mean, we started. That's one of those. There's some movies from this era where like, who directed this? Robert Lukatech? Who the fuck is that? And then you go and they and they usually do like four more after this. But this was uh, really successful. Another piece, and this came out in the 20th anniversary story, is about, and who knows? This is Reese Witherspoon. She's known to say some strange things from time to time. So I, I 98% believe this, but she says people at least once a week come up to her and say, this movie inspired me to go to law school. Mandy, you do believe that or no? I, I got upset when I read that. I want more for everyone in their lives than to watch this movie and have the takeaway be like, now I need to be a lawyer. That's not the point of the movie, but also, it's a strange world. So maybe if people are getting that that empowerment, sure, I guess. Maybe once Julia, every you believe once every once month. a week, once a no. month, no, once a but- week. So fifty two times a year, somebody comes up to Reese Witherspoon and says, "I'm now a high powered attorney here in Kansas City, Missouri, and it's because of Legally Blonde." That's what did it. 
I don't believe that Reese Witherspoon talks to strangers enough for that. So there's that, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, she's kind of like in the inspiration business now. Like she's trying to sort of be like a, you know, with like her book, with her book club and like with her Instagram. She's, you know, she's still acting, but she's also really focused on like her kind of like lifestyle business. And so I feel like it's like good for her brand to position herself as like someone inspirational. And so I feel like it's not true, but it's just part of like the hello sunshine phase of Reese Witherspoon. I have a Reese Witherspoon story that I've never told Amanda and I've specifically been saving it for okay. a podcast. <laughs> I, this is my lucky day. Um, you know what? It's so good. We're going to take a break and I'm going to come back. How about that tease? This episode is supported by State Farm. Think about your first reaction after you have an accident. What do you do? You scream, oh no, or man, oh, why did this happen? On the flip side, Let's say you buy a new car or you lease a new car, get in there and it smells great. And you're like, man, this is awesome. But just remember, really, the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need. Have coverage options to protect the things you value most. File claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to somebody. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. You know what sounds good after a long day? Ice cream. I love ice cream. Right now is the perfect time to get some. Sonic has half-priced shakes every night after 7 p.m. when you order online or in the app. Just think of it. All that creamy, soft serve, hand-mixed with your favorite flavors for half the price in any size. Listen, a lot of people like goofy shakes. I like vanilla shakes. You can throw 40 flavors at me. You know what I'm going to order? You know what I love the most? Vanilla shakes. It's perfect because me and my family, at least once a week, we still all get ice cream together when we're together. Grab Sonic half-price shakes after 7 p.m. now. Exclusions apply. Available for a limited time only at participating Sonic drive-ins. All right, here's my Reese Witherspoon story. I don't know if I've even told Juliet this story. So... Went to a party with my wife once in LA that uh, a person who should be named nameless had that had a bunch of stars in it. And this person was known for giving these crazy parties. And this particular party, he decided was going to have a safari theme. Have I told you this story? No. So he has like, the big thing is he had a tiger there and he had a couple other, couple other animals. <laughs> he had like a couple monkeys, things like that, but he had this tiger. In a cage. In a cage. Okay. That was like outside the party and people could go and like pet the tiger. Okay. I show up at the party with my wife. So I have a witness for this. And as we showed up, it's dead quiet in the party. And Reese Witherspoon (laughs) is basically berating everyone at the party that there's this animal here and how terrible it is. uh, (laughs) And and, uh, blah, blah, blah. And this whole lecture about, you know, these animals, they aren't meant to be, does this whole thing. Then the music goes back on and people are like, all right. <laughs> um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's at this party. So after this calms down and it's <laughs> this record, That's record screech moment. And like 10 minutes later, Arnold goes, I wanted to go see the tiger. <laughs> and, go, and, goes, and goes off to see the tiger. But it made me think like, First of all, I mean, we know this because Hollywood people are fucking lunatics. Maniacs, um, yeah. And you think like Reese, child actor. 
Right. right? And we've we've been on some twisted turns over there. We had the Ryan Philippe relationship. We had what was the DUI stop when she did the you don't know who I am routine? Yeah. I was in Georgia. Great. It was in Atlanta. Yeah. Five years ago. We had the divorce, but then she's re- happily remarried now. Then we've had this crazy career turn where she's one of like the best production companies in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now she's one of the most, I think, powerful females probably in Hollywood, right? I think that she also completely drives the book industry. Like when Reese picks your book as like a Reese Witherspoon book club, first of all, it's getting optioned. And second of all, it sells like millions of copies. Like her, her power over all culture is really significant. And you know what else she drives? People from having tigers at a party because you just shouldn't do that, apparently. <laughs> Listen, I think her production company before Hello Sunshine was Type A Productions, okay? So I yeah. appreciate that she had a self-awareness and understanding. It's right there in the title. But she's that that is who Reese is, and I love her for it. So what part do you think in any movie that she's played is the most like Reese? Tracy Flick? Well, so that would be the that would be like, man, I hope she's not the girl from election. I think it's Sweet Home Alabama. I'd like to think it's Elle Woods because I do think that there are moments in this where you can see the Tracy Flick jumping out just a little bit. There's even like when she finally gets the when she gets the internship, you know, and looks at the list and then marches back out and she's like, me. And that is like a straight up Tracy Flick face. But that it's like softened and slightly more palatable and slightly more um mainstream and a little more fun. I still think Reese is a little fun, despite the tiger anecdote, which is incredible. You know, she, she, she can be bubbly. So I'm, I'm going L. I want to go see the tiger. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then she became big little lies Reese. Yeah. And it's a lot of standing on the, standing on the deck, holding a glass of uh, Pinot Grigio, looking sadly out, wondering what happened to her marriage. That was, but then, Audible and in the morning show, the most polarizing thing in uh, me and Amanda's relationship. It's not, um, you and I love it. Everyone else is like, what's going on? I, I kind of hate watch love it though. I, I really sure. only felt like there was one good episode out of the 11, but the one good episode was really good. Listen, I mean, we don't think that it's Mad Men, but it was like incredible. It was all you and I could talk about for the entire time that it was on. Julia, where did you stand on the morning show? I I kept falling asleep. I was like, I really want to get into this, but every episode put me to sleep. Too long, but you know, crude up. He looked great. Always have a soft soft spot for Russell Hammond. Obviously, I I liked it. It's one of the legendary miscastings where you have Reese as this up and comer, but she's in her mid forties in real life, but supposedly playing somebody who's like looking for her first break in television. It's illogical, and And having a viral video meltdown. Yeah, it's. It's illogical. I loved it. It's bizarre. And uh, and the reason we really love this show is Billy Crudup. Yeah. Who, He's wonderful. Um, He's the best. Who just can't. And it looks in the trailer, they've leaned into Crudup in season two. Got they to. were like, we have, we have a real asset here. I think he won an Emmy for that. What? I think so. Yeah, I'm I think pretty he sure. Did. He definitely won a SAG award, but I think he also literally won an Emmy for that performance. So you got to lean into it. Can't can't wait for season two. Uh, Legally Blonde, Roger Ebert, three stars. Oh, he said, "quote The film is impossible to dislike." To dislike. True. "Quote Witherspoon effortlessly animated this material with sunshine and quick wit." Wow, agree. That's how I feel. Yeah, totally agree. Sunshine yeah. and quick wit. Maybe that's Reese. That's Reese in a <laughs> nutshell, right there. 
She's great. Uh, she's also married to Ryan Philippe at this time. Ryan Philippe? How do you Philippe. say it? It's Philippe. Philippe. I like call him Ryan Philippe. It's kind of um, like Los Feliz. It's Philippe, you know? Yeah, like, I'm always going to screw it up. <laughs> and I think this is the movie where they're basically dead even career-wise heading into this movie. Mm-hmm. And then this is when the ascent starts. And this is when I started predicting there's no way it can last. You right, can't. Yeah. can't. We're, we're going to see this with Krasinski and Emily Blunt. They've managed to stay pretty even but at some point there's going to be a reckoning somebody's going to pass somebody and then we'll see if my theory continues to come true but you have these a-list actor actress combos they have to stay in the same level or else trouble's ahead it's my theory krasinski is pivoting to directing right so i feel like he's trying to like take himself out of the competition he can't keep up as an actor it's like a forfeit yeah he can't he's it's smart you're right yeah he's going like artistic and he'll make movies for her and she can be mary poppins and sicario but he's like it's cool i'm like i'm like former actor turned director brown guy and it's probably a good move well he's got the jack ryan stuff too oh right and jack ryan yeah (laughs) that's right i forgot about that minting money on that one but yeah i think his passion is is like his quiet place stuff so well ryan felipe is going to come up in this podcast a little bit later in a way you're not going to expect but let's go to the categories that's exciting most rewatchable scene the breakup scene's great i love a good breakup scene in in a rom-com or a rom-com adjacent movie but the i gotta marry a jackie down in maryland she's mm-hmm. great stuff all the way around yeah blindsided they set it up beautifully with the sorority sisters i thought you were proposing proposing <laughs> oh if i'm gonna be a senator well i need to marry a jackie not a maryland <laughs> so you're breaking up with me because i'm too blonde no that's not entirely true then what my boobs are too big so when you said that you would always love me, you were just dicking around? Well, I, I, I do love you. I, uh, <clears throat> Is that, Juliet, that scene has everything. Oh, it's it's fantastic. It also really, like, sets the great tone for the movie of defying your expectations. It, it's it's great. I mean, also, you know, you really get to see Warner in a nutshell. They really present that character very tidily up top. It's great. I mean... Who doesn't like that 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 scene? But definitely not my most rewatchable scene. But yes, it is very rewatchable. No, that's our first candidate. Second yeah. one. I love the Harvard admissions montage. Absolutely. Hi. My name is Elle Woods. And for my admissions essay, I'm going to tell all of you at Harvard why I'm going to make an amazing lawyer. As president of my sorority, I'm skilled at commanding the attention of a room and discussing very important issues. It has come to my attention that the maintenance staff is switching our toilet paper from Charmin to generic. All those opposed to chafing, please say aye. Aye. So good. I could have watched two, three more minutes it's of it. So I liked good. the video. I liked the lead up to her finding out her LSAT. She gets the 179, gets Amazing. carried around the sorority. It's a really great seven minutes. Um, the one woman costume party. Incredible. Yeah. I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Which that's where it's like, all right, that was 179 on the LSAT smart, but she's just seems to be missing like a people smart piece of why would you trust Vivian on this one? Right. right. But don't you know people like that? I mean, people have different types of intelligence, different strengths. And also, she's like supposed to be the open hearted, like positive one in a sea of so open hearted, she believes is shrew. Exactly. Amanda, a question for you. Yeah. Who did the um, bunny costume first? Was it this movie or was it Bridget Jones? Mm. This, I think this movie probably, right? 
Although uh, I suppose the the bunny costume is in the book of Bridget Jones. Right. Because I was wondering if that was like a nod to that. Because there's a lot of yeah. like sly references in, yes. in this movie. So I was just curious. Yeah, I guess you're right. The book came first. But I think the movies were like, I think Bridget Jones was 2002, right? So the movies were No, really it's 2001 as well. Oh, so, so it was like the same right, year. Same year, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's going back to the 80s. You had the Halloween costumes where there was like the bunny, the sexy devil. Catwoman, there was like the four ones that you knew somebody in your class. There was like, oh, I, I guarantee she's going to wear one of those four and it would happen. Sure. So the sexy bunny was floating out there for a while. Sure. But Bridget Jones shows up to a party where she's the only one in that dressed up. So it's the same. And she's dressed up thing. as a bunny. Yeah. Yeah. Craig, can you figure out which one of those movies came out first? Because we got to solve this once and for all. Who gets the the bunny title. Uh, also, great line here. Whenever I try to dress up like a frigid bitch, I try not to look so constipated. Really Very good. good. <laughs> nice outfit. Oh, I like your outfit too, except when I dress up as a frigid bitch, I try not to look so constipated. <laughs> really proud of Elle, how she handed herself. I like that she stayed in costume for the rest of the night. Totally. Just, she goes just to the computer store. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Vivian and Elle finally bond. I like when the villain the person I think is going to be the villain the whole movie might actually have a good side to them. They mm-hmm. they navigate, and then she turns back the other way. The I have the representation. When Elle comes in the courtroom, oh, yeah. and all of a sudden she's now our lawyer. Oh, yeah. And uh, the actual murder confession is pretty funny. What else do you have for most rewatchable? There's some fashion stuff that my daughter loves that is not as rewatchable for me, but. I, I love when she nails the evidentiary hearing stuff. Like, I, I love when she finally, like, puts it together and she has that moment where she's like, yes, I'm learning stuff. I, I found that, like, really gratifying and exciting. I mean, do we talk about Bend and Snap now? Do we talk about that later? I, I had it ben- in What's Age the Worst. Bend and, the Bend and Snap scene feels, um, like, so important, but also from a different movie. So I'm yes. like, is this really rewatchable or not? You get a bend. I would put it in what's aged both the best and the worst. But I agree that it's not a rewatch, my favorite rewatchable scene. Even though it's probably been rewatched the most. Yeah. My daughter, my favorite person, Zoe Simmons, who loves everything, who loves all movies, who sees the good in all movies, movie scenes, movie plots, who never has a bad thing to say during a movie, during the bend and snap scene, was like, what is happening, Dad? Why did they do this? (laughs) (laughs) Why, Why is this in the movie? And I'm like, I just don't know. I, I have a theory. I, I feel like the bend and snap scene is the fulcrum on which the idea to make a musical of this began. Like, I feel like without, because, mm. you know, there's the musical that I believe your daughter and wife saw, Bill. I recall when they went to see it in New York. Um, oh, they 100% saw the musical. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like that was the most sort of campy scene and sort of, like for the the musical life of of this franchise is directly tied to Bend and Snap, so it's kind of interesting. And, and I I have not seen that musical. I listened to the music; it's pretty good. Um, but just like I feel like it's just a different a different vibe. It's funny; it's not a campy movie at all. I agree, and I do also think that it's serving the role of like the dance scene that is in all of the '80s and '90s movies geared toward women. You know, like at some point, everyone's got to learn some choreography and all like break down together. And I, and I actually do like a lot of those scenes. So it's kind of serving the bridge that way as well, but it definitely sticks out. 
all rom-com movies and rom-com movie adjacent movies have to have had the one scene for 20 years. You know yeah. what movie started it, I think, was Footloose. Because mm. Footloose oh, yeah. has a scene where Kevin Bacon teaches Chris Penn to dance. And it's got, I forget what song, but that song became a top five song. And he's like, he's teaching rhythm and it's clumsy. Yeah. And it kind of broke up the movie. And then after that, it seems like every movie shoehorned one of those in. That's interesting. Um, the weirdest one was the My Best Friend's Wedding one. Oh, we they had one. Uh, they, oh, that's it, the so Dionne Warwick song, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're like it's doing it's the a, lobster bits, like back yeah, and forth. It's like this amazing musical performance involving twenty-five people who had no idea they were going to sing the song, and it's just perfectly orchestrated. <laughs> but it made sense in the context of what happened in all of those movies, right? But there's and there's been like a lot a, of them. There's like a piano in the seafood restaurant for some yeah, reason, it, but it's, it's like great. It's like Rupert Everett's here for one week. What can we do with him? <laughs> Let's have him sing. But What's great. 27 dresses? What do they do when they're standing on the bar when they get drunk? They sing they sing that song. There's I've song never that... seen that movie. Really? What? Yeah. Too close to home, guys. 27 dresses. <laughs> oh, come on. No. <laughs> That's in the Zoe Simmons Pantheon. I don't know. I just never saw it. High Glow doesn't do it for me. As someone who's been to so many fucking weddings, I just, I don't know. Just I've only seen it a couple times. It's like slightly after my and Juliet's generation of these. Or like, I think we were old enough to maybe relate to it a little bit too much. But it's mm. it's, it's pretty charming. Okay. Maybe I'll watch it. Good Season. setup. Good it's a Zoe movie. favorite. I got to say, High Glow was throwing 98 miles an hour for like three years there. And then it just went sideways. I've never she been a high Tommy John fan. surgery. Well, because you're Grey's and you, you're not rational about Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> and you know she had an ugly demise in Grey's Anatomy, and you hold it against her. That's why you're not a Heigl fan. Yeah, her character sucks, and then she left in a weird way. I don't know. I'm just not into Heigl. Also, knocked up. Not don't like her in that. Who wants to spend time with Catherine Heigl? No, no. That's another reason why this movie is great. You're like, I'd love to spend time with Elle Woods. Like, Elle Woods right. should have a podcast. You know, she seems like a great hang. Any other uh, most rewatchable for you? My favorite scene is the, um, I really like the Harvard admissions montage and I really like when she becomes the lawyer because I love when movies take ridiculous sleeps yeah. like that. Here's this first year law student who's now going to be handling a murder trial. It's great. They make it seem like it's totally reasonable. What do you have, Amanda? I'm going with the Harvard video essay. I, I mean, the the ending when she finally figures out like the rules of the perm is obviously iconic. And I feel like, Comedies like this often don't land the the endings of the movie in the way that the, that courtroom scene does. So I want to give it credit. But like the Harvard video montage has everything. It's really funny. Great one-liners. Kind of summarizes the movie in three minutes. And also, you know, we don't give enough credit to montages. I think the three of us give like plenty of credit to montages. It's always the best part of a romantic comedy. Yeah. But, you know, like the films do not give enough credit to montages. So I'm going Harvard video essay. I am a as big of a montage guy I as know. you're going to find. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm right there with the, you, Bill. So useful. So great. My <laughs> favorite movie of the last 25 years, other than maybe Almost Famous, was Boogie Nights. And Boogie mm -hmm. Nights has like three unbelievable montage scenes that are just like, it just some people just get me. Yeah. Uh, what's it, what do you have for most rewatchable, Juliet? I think you guys are right. But I, I just really, I like the sort of almost montage where she's like learning to become a serious person. And I feel like it it really takes off when she nails the evidentiary hearing piece. And so I, mm -hmm. I like that scene the most. Julia, what was your montage for when you finally became a serious person? Was that like <laughs> Grantland Quarterly number nine? Like well, what, what was, was it? Say, what year? I was going to say, Bill, this is our 10-year anniversary this month. So perhaps yeah. you should tell me, when did I become a serious person? I think it's when, I we rented the, when we rented the Taft House at the beginning of The Ringer. Oh, that's a good one. 
Thanks. Yeah. I feel like the first three months of the ringer was my montage of growing up. And so it's like, were there rats in the trees back there? Like (laughs) there were feral feral cats in the back. There was like bad internet. There was like, you know, getting like our Google account set up. All that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. Scary people across the street. With all of the names for the ringer. That's a good montage. Getting a smart TV that we could like cast too so we can like, look at stuff do together love to chromecast that's yes. so true and getting the whiteboard to brainstorm names <laughs> it for me i my coming of age was in the taft house that's a great we, one getting suits began. from whole foods it's really um, beautiful what's age the best great title great, great title. title yeah love a good title here in the rewatchables legally blonde just great really explains the movie uh the perfect day the song the intro Zoe called that actually when we were watching. She's like, just a great, I just love when there's a great song to start the movie that the uh, Devil Wears Prada has that too. What, what's that song? Suddenly I see. Yeah. <laughs> Katie Tunstall, I Where I want to be. The, yeah. like the, just like that happy, it just kind of puts you in the it, mood. They're both songs also that I don't think I've ever heard outside of the context of no. these movies. You would never put it on your, on your Spotify playlist or anything. Instantly I'm like, oh, beginning of Legally Blonde. Yes. Suddenly I see it was in Grey's Anatomy. No big deal. Okay, um, sorry. So, the Hills? Yeah, what apologize. was the Hills theme song? Um, <laughs> Natasha <laughs> Benningfield, <laughs> unwritten. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Staring at the blank. Oh, feel the rain yeah. on your skin. Yeah. yeah. yeah 2000s, just great, great theme songs in the 2000s. They did a really Absolutely. nice job. They really stepped up their game. Absolutely. Um, um, I want to throw out um, the sparkly bikinis that she wears that are clearly not waterproof that she wears all the time. <laughs> I feel like those are really back. I feel like that's like real festival wear. Like, you know, <laughs> when people go back to Coachella, they'll be wearing that. I was just like, that was a good call and it really worked. It was like, it has like a signature piece for her. I would expand it to all of the extremely garish early 2000s fashion that mm. is captured in this film. It really was that bad. Like it actually was. 2000, 2001, you go to the mall, you're seeing a lot of, of of stuff that I hope never comes back, but probably will. And this is both a cautionary tale, but also just a great time capsule. They really make it work. And the way they use all of the pink and the sparkles, it is extremely over the top and extremely funny. So as we watch this movie, my daughter and I, I asked her to Write down any outfit that she actually liked that she feel like somebody would wear now. I'm and very nervous. Reese wears, what, 40 plus outfits yeah. in this movie? So she only had four. Okay. Whoa. She said um, the she gets into law school scene, the bright pink blouse with the low rise jeans. She okay. said that would be worn now. Uh, low rise jeans. Um, Tough for us, but yeah. First in- internship, the black dress with the polka dot neck it's ruffles. It's wonderful. All of wonderful. her internship clothing is beautiful. Yeah, she was like that. That somebody would wear that now, and, and yeah. nobody would go sideways. I just have here the tanning outfit. Some outfit she wore to go tanning. I don't really. It was a pink something that she liked, and then she liked the I have new representation outfit, which was like a pink dress suit type thing. That was right. good. She thought that yeah. was that was doable potentially. But other than that, she was like, nobody would wear any of this stuff. This is insane. Dad, did people dress like this? No, I was they like, didn't. yeah, they, not really, but like in movies they did. a lot of halter tops. Come on, Julia. Yeah, what were they true. selling at Express in 2000? It's true. Halter tops, bad sequins, like bad fake leopard print in like purple and pink colors. Her, like, her best outfit, I think, was the beginning of law school where she's wearing the long green sweater that's belted that was also very of the time like a yeah. kind of like a tunic style like the smoking I, jacket it wasn't a, i think it was like a sweater it was like a was knit. it okay it was a knit yeah 
Um, I just think a, a lot of that would be like co- very costumey though. I just feel like it's, it's not like regular clothes, but it's like festival wear. I feel like she was ahead of that. <laughs> right. It looks like she's going to uh, premiere her work at an art gallery yeah. or she's going to sing in a concert in yeah, some weird yeah. 80s retro band. Yeah. Uh, more would say it's the best. I like evil salespeople. I think this is a great rom-com, rom-com adjacent movie gimmick of the the snooty salesperson who takes tries to fuck with our character in some way and then gets a comeuppance. Right. Always enjoy those. I yeah. They don't have those enough in my mind. Yeah. Pretty like, Woman did it the best. Obviously, like as Juliet said, this does have homages to to classic movies, and this is the the Pretty Woman for sure. Have either of you had to deal with like a legitimately snooty salesperson that was out of a movie? Because I don't think those people actually exist. Why would they? They they're on commission. Um, I try not to interact with people at stores. So I get pretty stressed out. So I'm sure that maybe some of them exist, but it's like maybe maybe my lesson from Pretty Woman was like, if I don't engage, then they can't be snooty to me, you know? Mm, I like that. You, okay. put, you have your guard up. More would say it's the best. I like law school is for people who are ugly, boring, and serious. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> who did indictment of law school? I like uh, one of the people in our law school group who has the joke about... I I started the march for lesbians against drunk driving. Like this movie's trying to make fun of some sort of culture that all of a sudden has, I don't know. I just don't feel like they would make that joke 20 years from now, but there's like a, that they, they, they kind of pushed the envelope in 2001 in this movie in a way that I just feel like they didn't take seriously, but now everybody would take it seriously. I think the tone has is very difficult and has aged really well because it's making fun of pretty much all the right things. Like, obviously, Elle is the hero and it's like some sort of justice for blondes or whatever, but like, they're kind of like making fun of of blondes in a way that is not mean. It feels safe, right? Uh, There's no blonde shaming. Exactly. No. And then they're making fun of Harvard. They're making fun of, you know, classist like Vanderbilt Kennedys on the the Cape. Uh, They're making fun of, not making fun of, but like the other villains are sexual harassment and sexism and not taking people seriously. And like, for the most part, all the jokes land in the right place. And it's a little bit edgy, but you know that everyone that like is protected, you know, you just like don't feel uncomfortable. And I feel like most comedies that we do on the rewatchables or, you know, talk about 20 years later, like the tone has often shifted and you feel a little squirrely. And for the most part, you still feel okay watching this one. Also, um, I agree. There's a lot of like really nice friendship in this movie. Like Elle's friends support her, and then obviously she supports Jennifer Coolidge. Like there, this is like a really nice like friend movie, which I yeah. think is another another reason why it's not a rom com um, in a good way is because it's like the most important relationships are like these supportive friendships. Yeah, that's a good what's age the best. Another one, uh, I just like what she causes the car accident when she's looking for the nail salon and it's not <laughs> really addressed. Good. It's just funny. Um, and the way she parks, just like not at all. Yeah. Like just barely pulled in. Oh, that's in. funny. Yeah, it's good. Um, dogs growling at villains is one of my favorite. <laughs> I just like that in any movie where only the dog realizes how bad somebody is. And then uh, I just have, you know, this is a good helicopter shot of Boston movie. Yeah, I was going to ask, where Couple does good this ones. rank for you as a Boston movie? It's not really. I, I don't think okay. they filmed a lot there. I think they did a lot of stuff at USC, but they have a couple good, you know, nostalgic early 2000s helicopter shots, which I'm sure Affleck decided to rip off in the town, <clears> which is 
most of the town is just helicopter shots of Boston <laughs> interspersed. Compelling. One of the reasons we love them. <laughs> yes. Um, any other what's age the best for you? This movie is a, a courtroom drama or a courtroom movie. I just personally have really been underestimating it. And we've like done a lot of courtroom movie content on the big picture. And that's like a genre I'm very interested in. And when I rewatched it, I was like, this is a great, very funny snapshot of the legal world. And I think that it should be up there with a few good men and Ally McBeal. And in terms of it's lightly making that. fun of, but I mean, it's obviously completely preposterous. My cousin Vinny. I yeah, was my cousin cousin is, yeah, yeah totally. I was like thinking, I was thinking of Marissa Tomei's character so much. Um, and I was wondering if that was an intentional reference or, I mean, how could it not be? I mean, that's such like an important character. But yeah, I mean, I was thinking of my cousin Vinny much more than I did when I first saw the movie. And I was like, oh, okay. that's and But that's like, you know, another wonderful movie with a wonderful heroine. So Amanda and I both love courtroom dramas and movies. And one of the first rewatchables we ever did was A Few Good, Few Men, Good Men, where I think we argued about Joe Galloway for a good 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, listen. You're still pro Joe Galloway, which is one of your worst takes ever. She made a mistake, but I just, I made a list for you. She took her job seriously. She did. Amanda made a, made a defensive Joe Galloway list. <laughs> that's on, that's on like she the eighth rewatchables ever. She had relationships, okay? Aunt Jenny trusted her. Aunt Jenny did not trust Tom Cruise. I don't know what to say. Storming home in the rain, drunk, t- <laughs> drunk. Tom Cruise goes to pick her up. I'm going to put Jessup on the stand. I, I would do that again. object. Oh, you <laughs> strenuously <laughs> object. <laughs> Who's going to regard them? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? What a classic. What's age the worst? Uh, oh, actually, let's take a break and then we'll do what's age the worst. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Spring comes with a lot of chores because, you know, spring cleaning. One thing you can clean up right away your phone bill. Just switch to Mint Mobile. They have unlimited talk, text, data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. $15 a month. That's like, you can subscribe to two movie channels for that. I mean, what a great deal. Also, super easy to switch plans. Everyone gets so intimidated by, oh my God, I don't know if I should switch my plan. It's not that hard. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash rewatch. That's us. That's mintmobile.com slash rewatch. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month for a first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. All right, what's age the worst? So- 2003 sequel, Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde, which I don't think anyone loved. There was a direct-to-DVD 2009 spinoff, Legally Blondes, and then Legally Blonde the musical. And apparently, Legally Blonde 3 is coming out next year. Apparently. And apparently, Reese is a little involved, and then uh, Mindy Kaling is also involved. And Arnold Schwarzenegger and a tiger. That's That's all we know. We'll see. I, that feels like a mistake. And I don't know who that movie is for. Like, I don't think my daughter would care about Legally Blonde 3. So if it's not for her, I don't know who the movie's for. I will say the only, I'm, I, in general, do not enjoy Mindy Kaling's work. However. I'm right there I, with you. I do think Never Have I Ever is very charming. And if it's channels some of that energy, maybe it could be good. More what's age the worst. The bend and snap nail salon scene we discussed. The only thing I have to say in that defense is like, I think not for the three people on this podcast, but the world at large, like bend and snap 
is its own phenomenon. Again, which is why I was in What's Age the Best, too. It's just a really bad scene. It's hard for me to believe it became a phenomenon. I don't get it. It's not what we like about the movie, but a lot of it definitely lives on in the public consciousness, like has its own, you know, exists outside of the movie almost. So I, I think we have to give it some credit. The funny thing about the bend and snap is there's nothing appealing about the bend and snap. It's not hot. It's not sexy. <laughs> it's not like an eye catcher. It's just a weird concept. It's really weird. <laughs> and it seems like they threw it together pretty last minute yes. in the uh, when they were making the movie that they felt like they needed a scene like that and they just kind of audibled it. Uh, more what's age the worst. So I think Reese was a legit attractive in 2001. Nobody hits on her this whole movie other than Luke Wilson, kind of, and then her lecherous law professor. And it's like, she loses her potential fiance and there's no suitors for her for a year. Doesn't really add up. I just feel like she's getting asked out at Harvard. There's dates left and right coming at her. Yeah, a lot of like the nerds who are like filling themselves. Yeah, she's like, like a goddess in that, yeah. in that freshman law school. There's no way she's yeah. not getting asked out all the time. They make it seem like she's over on the side with no love prospects except for maybe this ex-boyfriend. And it's a little ridiculous. Yeah. Maybe it's she's a stretch. Fo- she's just focused. You know? It's a stretch. It is. Especially in Boston. She's getting asked out <laughs> all the time. Um, horny law professor guy is just a what's age that just would never, if they made this movie in 2021, I don't think this happens. But just in general, you could see that coming for 90 minutes. It's like, oh, it's we know where this is going. But that was another uh trope from that era. The the pool boy and all the gay yeah. stuff yep. is the one that this movie's That's- been dinged on the most. It's really, really like weirdly stereotypical and and just kind of odd. Yeah. And it was the flaw. By the way, the, it was the flaw in this movie twenty years ago. It was just yeah. kind of like a bad, a bad veer to the right for some reason. Yeah, That's and it the goes one- away in three minutes. Yeah. It's just not good. That's the one that sticks out for me too. And it's like on every other topic that they're trying to address they nail the tone. And this one, as you said, is just kind of so stereotypical and and sticks out. It's out yeah. of like 1983. Yeah. It's just weird that in 2001, even where it was like, wow, this is, this is, it just felt easy. Also um, just not funny. Has that age well. Yeah, it wasn't funny. The guy, the guy, the actor wasn't good. Like all of it's pretty bad. And then uh, the new ending, which you mentioned, they had to refilm the ending. Mm-hmm. It's pretty bad. Like there's, a speech and then there's close up and then there's a long close up <laughs> and then we get the here's what they're doing now with the graphics of like I love oh, that. they asked her out. I know they but it's just like <laughs> I love an epilogue. It felt like something that they made nine months after they finished filming the movie. Reese is obviously wearing a wig. And then the movie ends with just this it just zooms into her face for <laughs> like 15 seconds with she's got this crazy smile and then it kind of fades to black. It's just very very poorly done. It was almost like the director had kind of handed they it got off bored. to somebody. Yeah, yeah or you're yeah. just like, I'm, I'm already making another movie. I don't have time I'm to done. fix this. People are leaving already. It's fine. It's bad. Yeah. You yeah. you honestly could have just ended the movie after the murder trial. Yeah. And just said have. like- And do the epilogue. Know. Just yeah. end it there in that epilogue, yeah. L graduated, valedictorian, blah, blah, blah. They just could have banged it up. Any other what's age worse for you two? No, I think that was pretty comprehensive. Yeah. Okay. Casting what ifs. You mentioned the Applegate Reese. Uh, that's a good one. Really good. I think this movie's good with Applegate. I really do. I, I don't I know Applegate. if it's an A plus like it is with Reese, but for what it's trying to be, but it's it's close. I think it's just a question of Amanda doesn't like this. 
Look, I mean, at, look at look at Amanda's yeah, face. No, She's furious thinking, right now. I was, I was like <laughs> furious like when, when Bill suggested moving when Harry met Sally to Los Angeles, and I right. had a I had to melt down on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was just honestly like thinking through it, and you watched me just get really uncomfortable. But that's like retroactive, right? Because Reese is so much a part of this movie and also of what it does to Reese Witherspoon's career. I just don't have like the same relationship with Christina Applegate that. Uh, you know, that I do with Reese Witherspoon. And that's because, in part, Reese Witherspoon was in this movie and Christina Applegate wasn't. But I just, like, can't really imagine it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what that face was, Bill. Me just trying to understand. If Wesley was here, I would ask him if Reese Marker corrected Christina Applegate. I, just I don't think, think she, she wanted, did. No, I think she just had, she ended up having a different career. But I think a, a big question about this movie is, like, Reese did an amazing job, but the writing is so strong. So, like, could... Yeah. With with this incredible Australian director and this wonderful <laughs> script, does anyone Luke end up as a star? Yeah, <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I think you know it, it's it's the the character is so aligned with Reese, whether or not she's actually getting stopped once a week, who knows? But like, it's just so defining for her that it's hard to imagine someone else. But I think it's a testament to the writing in large part. Um, Reese almost didn't get this movie because they. Tracy Flick was such a shadow over her career. The studio heads were having trouble buying it. She's talked about this. She said she was passed over some other post-election roles and had to do several auditions to win the people over for this part. They just weren't Reese believers like us. It worked out for her. Vivian, Chloe Sevigny That would have been down. awesome. That would have really been good. Awesome. That's pretty good. That's catching yeah. her at a nice point in her career too. Um, so there you go. Best that guy. Oh my God, there's so many. AK, the Joey Pants Award. Who's one of the people in her circle who then the two girls are being mean to him and she pretends they were dating? I don't even know what that guy's name is, but that's a good that guy. I feel like he's been in other stuff. Um, there's the, the one that Amanda and I were discussing before is the guy who was saying Stephen Hawking's like Stola's idea was the bad boyfriend and bring it on. He's mm. plays Aaron and bring it on. That's a that's a big one for me. And then one of her friends is also in um, the Brady Bunch movie, as in like, and is in love <laughs> with Marsha Brady. <laughs> I right. loved that movie, so that was a big one for me. <laughs> the janitor from Breakfast Club is Jennifer Coolidge's ex boyfriend in the trailer. Like that so guy, funny. amazing. That's so and then funny. Um, this one's really for the five other people who watched all of the nine hundred two and zero seasons. But Valerie's lecherous stepdad mm. is the UPS guy in this. Yes. Movie. Yeah. Really? That guy. Oh, yeah. Wow. I yeah, didn't know guy. the UPS guy had that kind of history. Yeah. So that's why I'm giving I'm giving him the award because yeah, I just always to. knew him as Valor's Lecherous. That's a great there. one. It's really good. Twice we've used the word lecherous in this podcast. The Vincent Hanna, give me all you got award for overacting. A lot of candidates here. I feel like Selma Blair. I just never got Selma Blair. I never understood it. I feel like she's the same in every movie. And... There's some, I'm trying to be a villain moments from here that I just wasn't that impressed with. Do you think it's acceptable that Ms. Woods is not prepared? No. I don't. Would you support my decision to ask her to leave class and to return only when she is prepared? Absolutely. She would be my nominee. Who do you, who do you have? I think that that's a good one. This one was hard for me because everyone's overacting. Like, it's the point right, it's of campy. the movie. Right. I don't know, Juliet. who do you have? Well, 
I, I think there's a lot of character actors to discuss here. Oh, I, I almost want to say Jennifer Coolidge. It's just sort of like, it's, it's really defining for her as well, but it's sort of like some of the way she delivers the lines is like a little bit much. I don't know. There's a lot of ticks and yeah, but she's basically, yeah. she's the same. This is the great Jennifer Coolidge run of best in show and American yeah. pie. And then this movie right. where she's just crushes three parts basically. Yeah. It works the best in best in show for sure. Yeah. Um, best in show. She's amazing. It's a, I mean, that's a perfect movie, but I, 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 for her, that just like stuck out a little bit for me also because she's part of the bend and snap situation so much. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just sort of, it's a cloud mm. over her performance, but I think the Selma Blair thing is interesting, Bill, just because I'm just sort of like Selma Blair is like frequently on TMZ. Like it, now it's because she had a mess. Right. But like, I'm just sort of like, why is this, what is she most famous for? Cruel Intentions? Being married to a Zappa? Like, because she's on the CW. Selma Blair just sort of is famous, and I don't know why. And I think that sort of con- contributes to what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's also how I feel. What if we just gave this to the bend and snap scene? Yeah. Like, are we allowed to do that to everyone? Who I actually to had the bend, bend and snap scene for the Jed Nelson Award for actor who seems like they're in a different movie. Okay. I think that scene okay. is All in right. a different movie. Right. I for, okay. Because I, I couldn't think of an actual actor that yes. felt like they were in a different movie. Although I guess the pool boy feels like he's in, I don't know, some Saved by the Bell episode in 1989 right. or something. It's bizarre. Right. But for a scene, I think that could go. Deanne Waiters is a tough one. I Coolidge is the heavy favorite. Mm. Well, really good Bruiser the Dog performance. <laughs> you know, I, and I, I think he that. has to be in the mix here for uh, he, he's used properly every time for comedic effect. And he's just kind of he's not in it too much. I just enjoy all the uh, Bruce. I like the fact that his name's Bruiser. <laughs> like, Gemini nice vegetarians. job by Bruiser. Counterpoint. I want to go with Bruiser being part of what's age the worst. I should have mentioned it before. Chihuahuas are very turn of the century. <laughs> oh, chihuahuas. I like it. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, Taco Bell. We get I it. I accept so, that. So, I don't know. We'll revisit Bruiser and Apex Mountain. What do you have for uh, Deion Waiters? Amanda? I'd like to nominate Luke Wilson for Deion Waiters. As previously Why? discussed, he has absolutely nothing to do in this movie. Literally no character, nothing at all. And he's very charming. And at the end, I'm happy when they end up together. Wow. I, okay. I appreciate that he shows up. I'm going Allie Larder. Awesome Allie Larder performance. And, you know, coming off of Varsity Blues, it's like, how do you move on from the whipped cream bikini? But here we are. She's awesome <laughs> in this movie. The liposuction reveal was great. She yes. had great, great yes. chemistry with Reese. She's in the movie with like a very short period of time, but she leaves a big mark. I, I love this Allie Larder performance. Huh? Liposuction! <gasps> oh, God! Wow. I know, I'm fraud. fraud. It's not like normal women can have this ass. My fans knew that I bought it. I would lose everything. I've already lost my husband. I'd rather go to jail than lose my reputation. Every single outfit that she wears during the trial is incredible. I'd really forgotten the attention to detail in the jewelry and the ridiculous suits. She... Allie Larder personifies like the years 1997 to 2003 for me more than any other actress. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like this is a pitch perfect Larder. I loved it. And she crushed it for me. I have a lot of Larder stock from way back when. Then Heroes came out. I was able to cash in, make a lot of money on it. But yeah, the, she, it, to me, is like the, for that era, what Kelly Preston was in the 80s of like, why aren't you a bigger star? What's, mm-hmm. yeah. 
why can't you get the right part? What's going on here? Because I actually think she's a good actress. Yeah. She's, and she's really pretty. And it's yeah. just like, sometimes it just doesn't happen for people. But I have Coolidge just because I think in the moment she became a big piece of the story about this movie. It was like, Jennifer Coolidge does it again. She's great. Love her so much. All that stuff. Uh, recasting Couch. So I have two this time. Okay. Two big ones. And we haven't talked about one of them. Well, some of where we talked about. Just give me Jennifer Garner in that spot. Mm, good one. I don't know if oh. Alias has started yet. She's not really famous yet. She hasn't dated Affleck yet, but she's old enough that she could have been in that spot. And I always thought she should have played more villains. Mm-hmm. I always thought she went to, like Alias tapped into like, there's a darker side to her and some of her stuff. And I think her as the villain, I think would have been good. I don't think Selma Blair is a very good actress. So I, I just think in general, they could have done better, but I thought that would have been a good one. But this is the big one. So what, what's first before I recast Warner? Yes, that Warner boyfriend as well. Okay. So that guy is played by Matthew Davis, who has this movie, and then he's in Blue Crush, where he's actually good. He's okay. All right, he's really good in Blue Crush. He's really, he's good. also so hot in Blue Crush, and he is not hot at all in this movie. And it's like he transforms from being like a loser law school guy to like hot Tom Brady. I'm just like, what is? This? And he's his chemistry with he's Kate a Bosworth. Football QB, yeah, it's yeah, like, it's amazing. So my wife and daughter both love Blue Crush and they love him in Blue Crush. Yes. And I told Zoe it was the same guy in this movie and she like couldn't believe it. I know. Yeah. It's like, she was it's like, like, how is like that a, possible? It's like a personality transplant. It's like, a, it's like a, an aura transplant. I don't get it. He's so much better in Blue Crush. So you, so you like, do you like Blue Crush, Amanda? Of course. Oh, so that right. should, I've had that on the rewatchable yeah. slate for a while, but I felt like I was the only one who loved oh that movie. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a huge go. movie in the Simmons well, house. Classic. Let's I really go. like that movie. Me too. Uh, all right. So here's what I have for the recasting. Mm-hmm. Ryan Felipe. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We cross the beams. We bring in the real husband. Who would have been better as the smarmy kind of looking down on Reese? And then we could have had some real life shit in there. And I don't know. I think that would have been really good. You just want them to break up. You just wanted to precipitate the breakup faster. Yeah. <laughs> He would have been great in that role, though. Would he? Like, can he play someone named Warner whatever the third? Yes. I don't know. Is He's not tall enough, honestly. He's good at playing rich guys. He did it in Igby Goes Down, too. And that's true. And I like when he plays rich guys. It's really important, but there's just something about... I, I don't know. You need, actually, someone a little, like, stoic and wooden and not So, like a appealing. Josh Jumal? Yeah, that's a good one. That could have been good. I don't know. Like, also maybe like a square head and jaw a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. I was just doing like a mental inventory of all the WB stars, but I, I feel like Josh Jumel is a really good one for, for this role. I Can I give you one thinking, more recasting couch? And, yes. Uh, sure. On top of this, another part, the Luke Wilson part. What, mm-hmm. if, what if it's Juliet's hero, Patrick Dempsey in there? Oh, what, interesting. I, I like that. I like that a lot. That's before Sweet Home Alabama and before mm-hmm. Grays, right? Yes. But obviously yeah. after Can't Buy Me Love. Yeah, I guess then you lose them in Sweet Home Alabama. So you yeah. can't do that. All right. Uh-oh. I wouldn't have guessed that Patrick Dempsey would be the ultimate good guy for his acting career. But that's kind of what he's turned into. It's a tough movie for Matthew Davis. It's like, are you a dick? Are you not a dick? Or like, what, what are my feelings supposed to be about you? Tell me. The most confusing part is that he's not hot because we know that he can be hot for Blue Crush. In Blue Crush. Right. 
But like for something about the sort of um, the waspiness they tried to just have him project is just so unappealing. There's just nothing I'm really into about that character. Half-assed internet research. Uh, Reese researched the character by studying sorority girls in their campuses and did like some real recon and went to their spots and stuff like that. Cause you know, that's, that's how she rolls. Child star. She, she doesn't know what it's like to go to college. <laughs> how many hairstyles do you think she sported in the movie, Amanda? Um, 32. Juliet. I was going to go with 12. 40. Wow. wow. Yeah. I, I'm way off. True or false in her contract. Reese had it that she was allowed to keep all of her costumes from the filming. True. That one's true. I I know that because she was on that like organization show on Netflix last year. And part of her closet was like the costumes that she had from Legally Blonde. Tough one. You're not breaking those out again. USC and Stanford refused to allow the producers to use their college names. Uh, Then they wanted to set the movie University of Chicago. And the school administrators declined because of the uh, sexually harassing professor. They were like, cool, we're, we're not going to be in this. They're like, we have those already. We don't need to have a movie. Yeah. So they uh, they do Harvard. Then you mentioned the uh, final scene where they have like a victory victory kiss and it fast forwards. And she's a year later, she starts the blonde legal defense club at law school and audiences were like, this sucks. <laughs> so they did a new one. They filmed it in London. Reese was there filming the importance of being earnest and both her and Luke Wilson had to have wigs because he was filming some uh, Wes Anderson movie okay. and had a crew cut. Must have been Tenenbaums at the time. Yep. So there you go. Uh, the Chihuahua, Chihuahua, I don't know I say Chihuahua. Chihuahua, <laughs> who played Bruiser, was named Mooney. He's not with us anymore. Oh, Sorry. Okay. He died Bad. in 2016 at the age of 18. Great run for Mooney. Okay. Apex Mountain, Reese, no, because she won an Oscar. It's got to okay. be the Oscar. Matthew Davis, definitely not. It's Blue no Crush. Way. Blue, Blue Crush. Crush, for sure. IBM ThinkPads, did it ever get better yeah. for IBM ThinkPads? There's two different law, law school scenes where everyone in class has an IBM ThinkPad. So many of them. A lot of them. I will say, I felt like the orange MacBook, the original MacBook, really shined, though. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I just feel like it stole its thunder. I, was that the first time you ever saw a MacBook in anything? Andy I, had one in Dawson's Creek in uh, season three, so that was before. Okay. The Soma, Blair, Reese, Witherspoon together in a movie combo, I feel like it really peaked here, and then we never got them in a movie together again because Reese is like, oh, wait, you're not a very good actress. <laughs> Luke I Wilson? I think they were, they remain good friends, I believe. Oh, Luke Wilson? No, this no. is not his. No. I mean, what, I love Luke Wilson, but. What is Luke it, Wilson's? Is old it school. old school? Yeah. Okay. Tenenbaums is in there, too. I would have but said I think, Tenenbaums, but I think, I old, think school. old school, probably. Harvard, no. Jennifer Coolidge. What is Harvard's movie, Apex Mountain? Mm. Is it Goodwill Hunting? That's it. That's no, that's MIT. One. But Skylar goes to Harvard. No, I would say it's Social Network, isn't it? Oh, right. Yeah. Skylar. They do a lot of uh, good Social Network stuff. Jennifer Coolidge, I think it was American Pie. Pink scented resumes. I think this was the Apex Mountain. <laughs> Absolutely. Gives <laughs> Absolutely. a little something extra. Also, I just want to say, everyone at home watching this movie, just a reminder, your resume is supposed to be one page. It's just like Elle had it. Somehow here in 2021, resumes are like ballooned to like two or three pages. Just because it's electronic 
doesn't mean it should be more than one page. So just keep that in mind, people. Juliet looks at resumes. Listen to her, people. All the time. <laughs> Here's a question, though. What does this resume smell like? They don't specify in the movie. I've spent a lot of time wondering about that. I Probably think perfume, like, right? I was just like baby powder. What kind of perfume? Like, is it citrus? Is it floral? Is it woodsy? Mm. Like, it's definitely is floral. Lavender? You know, it's, yeah, like floral. A, it's like pink floral. Okay. All right. Allie Larder, no. I think it's probably Heroes. Heroes was one of the it's last the, big shows we've ever had. Absolutely not. It's a whipped cream bikini for Allie Larder. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Varsity Blues? Come on, Bill. I thought that was for me, but I no Heroes <laughs> was Heroes was a phenomenon. I know, but for Milo like one, she's a major star of out of Heroes. That was a one season flame out. I mean, it went on for way too long, and I would say Hayden Panettiere and, and Milo Ventimiglia overshadowed everyone else. Yeah, Chihuahuas. <laughs> no Taco no, Bell Taco commercials. Bell. <laughs> but wasn't Taco Bell? Wasn't it taken off right around the same time? There's like True. a Chihuahua Renaissance. <laughs> Any other Apex Mountains? The Australian director. Yeah, oh, director. Kukovic? Sure. <laughs> Vukatek? Uh, we'll take one more break, then we're going to pick some nits, and I have a lot. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Okay, picking nits. I mentioned, I don't know how L isn't getting more dates first year in law school. It's a, okay. it's a flaw. Um, L getting a 179 on her LSATs just seems high. That's like an amazing score. Yeah. It's that's, that's like... You have to be really, really, really smart. And the movie doesn't seem to totally establish what her intelligence is like. She's clearly smart, but mm-hmm. I don't know if she was 179 smart. They couldn't have just said she got 171. She got like one over. I think also like the movie is a little confused about if Elle knows that she's smart. Because in that very first shopping scene when she's like, you know, talking about the fabric or whatever, you're like, oh, she's sharp and she knows yep. stuff. But then it goes to like, oh, she's a ditz. She just wants to get married. So I feel like the movie gets a little bit confused about if Elle knows her worth. Perhaps the movie just has a really evolved stance on standardized testing, which is that it's gameable, okay? <laughs> that should have been a what's age the best. <laughs> they just understand that if you just have enough money and you memorize enough, you can get that 179 too. Uh, another picking it. Warner absolutely knows that Elle got into Harvard Law School. He's not blindsided by this on the first day yeah, of school. No they way. go to the same college. They have all the same friends. They, they, he just has no idea she got into Harvard Law for six months. Come I on. I mean, he is really dumb. That's one of the things that they want to communicate to us is that he is not aware of what's going on. So yeah. and he got waitlisted. His dad had to make a call. Um. The diversity of this movie, just as a picking it, like they're at Harvard. I'm mm-hmm. positive Harvard is a lot more diverse than the movie. This movie looks like Melrose Place, the Harvard Law <laughs> It's really nice. It's just literally everybody's white. Uh, I thought that was weird. The murder confession came really fast from Linda Cardellini and her giant perm, who we, we unfortunately didn't talk about Linda at all so far. I, I did not realize until this watch that that it's was a Linda tough haircut Cardellini. for her. Yeah, Never I don't think realized. anyone's looking good in that haircut, but uh. All of a sudden, she's just confessing. The name Chutney? I mean, that's just not fair. That's just <laughs> I mean, really funny. I love Chutney as a food. I just, as a name for this character, I, I don't think so. Amanda, what did you think about the big, like, did you understand what a perm was the first time you saw this movie and why that was so revealing? I did not. 
I didn't really, but only because I am not a person who's ever had a perm. So I appreciate how um, Elle's reveal explains the science of the perm. I didn't know what was coming. But you would think that someone who's had, what, 30 perms in their life would realize where Elle is, like, navigating her much sooner than she does. Like, I don't think that in real life, someone would admit to just washing their hair after having a perm. I I think the person having the perm would know. But that wasn't, yeah, that was the most Marissa Tomei-ish, that whole yeah, sequence. Of of, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a legitimate picking it. The, the video essay in the Harvard Law application was actually not possible. Okay. They only had written stuff when you applied to Harvard Law School. Okay, sure. So that, that was a, that was a stretch. Um, also, Woods had no authority to act as a lawyer oh, yeah. under law in Massachusetts. It's called <laughs> unauthorized practice of law. It carries a fine and imprisonment that can last up to six months. Wait, but oh my God. I read that the fine is like a hundred bucks. It's a hundred bucks. Worth would, it. It's, it's totally so worth, worth it. it. Allie Larder can afford the hundred bucks. It's no True. big deal. Uh, imprisonment would suck. Yeah. True. And then, uh, and you're not allowed to uh, question a witness either if you're not an actual lawyer who's passed the bar. So they right. stretched that one too. The uh, Ellie Larder getting liposuction, what is she, like 25 in this movie? That that was a weird one to me. I felt like she was probably like 28 just because she's mm-hmm. a few years older than Al, who we know is 22 or 23. Um, yeah, it was confusing. Although, I don't know, man, LA people yeah. start yeah, the plastic surgery Fair. really early. I appreciate, I appreciate the very light, you know, this body that image, was funny. whatever. Yeah, you that know, was like, funny. It's good. It's funny. Any other picking nets? Well, I have some questions about how a 28-year-old LA fitness instructor who gets liposuction winds up married to at least a 60-something like Boston rich person. Yeah, how does she end up in Boston? Where are those two circles interacting? A well-endowed 60-plus person. Exactly, yes. Yeah. I think it's the the location more than anything. We certainly would believe a 28-year-old and a 60-year-old in Malibu, but like, how do they meet and why do they end up in Boston? That's the big question. I mean, maybe he was met her in LA and then they moved back. I don't know, Bill. I feel like this is something you could answer for us. As a- I think they could have made him like the Celtics owner or something. They mm-hmm. could have. Okay. And maybe she was like a, a dancer on the Kraft. team. Yeah, or Bob Kraft. <laughs> she Yikes. was a dancer on the team or there could have been, they, they could have gone one extra element with it to make it add up. Okay. Could this be remade as a 10 episode Netflix show? My answer would be don't give them any ideas because they've, they've taken this IP and done everything they can with it already. <laughs> They made a musical. I'm pretty sure they would do it as a Netflix show. With that said, I asked my daughter if she would watch that show, and she would, and she said yes. Well, they should have they should have Reese play Elle at her current age, and she like runs a law firm, and it's a, like a legal procedural show, case of the week, and it's great. I'm I'm watching that. Oh, so you're saying it's like the Good Wife? Yeah, let's do the Good Wife, but, but like blonde. Good Wife Blonde. That's fine. Yeah. So that's you a, wouldn't. That's a good show. You wouldn't recast it as like a 23 year old, whatever. You wouldn't no. just do it, run, run it back? No. I, I would make it like she now is really successful and and she's like a mentor and you discover some new young talent. And, and I think that's a good show. Well, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> case of the week. Give me a, always wins with me. Doesn't matter le- what the legal, case is. Legal and medical dramas. You're in every time. You're, of course. 100% of the time. I will give you a shot. What was I, what was I thinking? Asking whether you thought that should be remade. Um, <laughs> probably unanswerable questions. I only have one. Did Bruiser invent dog television? Because mm. there are dogs, like, uh, 
DirecTV actually has a channel that you can put on when you leave the house that just has dogs and dogs barking and dogs running in parks that they, it's supposedly calming for other dogs. I feel like Bruiser invented this. Interesting. Hmm. Call it Bruiser TV. Hmm. Sounds, I believe Amanda's like flummoxed by this. No, I just, I was, again, I'm learning things. You're teaching me on the podcast. I had no idea that there was a direct TV channel where just like dogs run around and bark at each other. channel 562. Do your dogs like it? I think uh, Murph, our psychotic nine-month-old bane of our existence, it seems to calm him down a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Do you think he'd like Bruiser? No, I think he would would probably accidentally fall on Bruiser and crush him. Okay. would be his move, yeah. All right, well. Yeah. He doesn't like little dogs that much. Okay. I have no other unanswerable questions unless you, unless. No, it it really ties things up nicely. Uh, What piece of memorabilia would you want from this movie? Oh, wow. Um, I think that I would want the MacBook, the orange one, because it's so funny. <laughs> that was my answer as well. It fe- it felt like a like a relic almost. Yeah, absolutely. I just I bet you could sell that for a lot. Why um, wouldn't they remake those as like the twentieth anniversary kids? legally yeah. blonde MacBook? That's a funny idea. Or like the iPads could look like that, like there's something like that, or you get like a case for your iPad to make it look like that. Um, yeah. I think that would be my top choice. She has some really good handbags that I also would like to. To wade through. Yeah. What do you got, Amanda? I was thinking about this suit that Zoe identified. All of the wardrobe from the internship phase. I mean, I don't have anywhere to wear it in my life, but it's pretty nice. Also just going to point out that her car is pretty nice. Mm -hmm. I just, (laughs) you know. It's a good one. It would be nice to drive that around. Yeah. Uh, Reese wins the movie. We don't need to. Who wins the movie? Obviously. Doesn't really need to be debated. And then. She ends up going on and doing a lot of other great stuff. Legally Blonde. So there, there's been a whole nostalgia. We had this on the books for a little while, at least. There's been a whole nostalgia run with this. And we've seen how many pieces of code? What The New York Times so piece many. was that one. That was a couple of days ago. It was on, yeah. um, over the weekend. Yeah. But it, it, there's there's been a lot of like interesting pieces written. Some of them are a little too serious for my liking. But I think just in general, I didn't realize how impactful this movie was. Like that it's such like a touchstone for so many people. Um, but then when I rewatched it, I was like, now I realize why, because it's awesome. This is a great movie. Like almost the only scene that I think is like not necessary. It was like the the five white guys, like with their jaws agape being like, wow. And then like letting her in. That was the only scene where I was like, I didn't need this. But everything else is like, is a really tight hour 40. Every scene works. Everyone is pretty good. It's a great movie. Yeah. I was really surprised by the shelf life when I went back and rewatched it. And to Juliet's point, it makes sense that so many people like it because it has aged very well. Um, and I also hadn't realized how many times I had watched it, even though I hadn't seen it, you know, in 15 years. But it's kind of sneaky. It is definitely a reference point for a lot of people. And it's kind of wormed its way into our brains. Because um, I think it's just, it's really effective. And it has held up really well. Legally Blonde, 20th anniversary. And it also hits the comes out, DVDs are a thing at that point. It's on the cable. It's on that whole run. It's on all the movie channels. Then it's on the TNT, Comedy Central It has that run. Then it hits the streaming probably 10, 11 years later and it has that run and it's just not going to go away anytime soon. Amanda, Juliet, great to see you as always. Great to see you, Bill. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Bill. All right, that's it for the Rewatchables. We'll be back next week. Thanks to our producer, Craig Horlbeck. And I will see you in this feed in a week.